This message was recorded during a Cornerstone U class given at Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Amen. So it's going to be four weeks. Today, I'm going to talk about why celebrating Advent even, ma- even matters. What's the, what's the point? Uh, why should we do this? How should we do this? And um, then next week, Stephen is going to teach on the second Advent. Uh, what, um, and then the third week, the first Advent. And then the 18th, how Advent changes everything. And, and what we hope is that this class, each Sunday we get together, it will continue to be a help for you during the week. We know that Advent, there are many, there's just, it's full. Schedules are full. Uh, things to do are full. Um, but we hope this class will equip you and help you and encourage you and really push you to, to prioritize not just the to-dos, the parties, the, all the good things, the traditions, but also prioritize your souls and being able to know and enjoy God. And so... Um, we did want to encourage you to purchase some resources that we have available in the bookstore. That's what this is. Um, a new one that we have is The Coming of the King by J.C. Ryle, 25 Readings for Advent. I encourage you uh, for that. This is great for private or family. And then there's just multiple on here that, um, that are just very helpful. And so I think if you do this class and then read through this material, I do... And trust that the Lord would really meet you this Advent season. So the good news of great joy by John Piper, the dawn of redeeming grace, the Christmas we didn't expect, all as bright as a coloring book. And so if you're into coloring, I think it's like an adult coloring book. Um, But it's also a devotional. It's very good. The Adventure of Christmas. We did this as a family last season. It has a calendar that you can go through each day that our kids enjoyed. Uh, They're 10 and under. And then the wonders of his love. All these um, that's perfect for busy families with young children. All these are just meant to serve you, to be just... Um, and then there's more on the back. Prepare Him Room by Barney Bachowski. All these are just recommendations, things that we think will serve you personally and also serve you as families. And we just live... It's amazing the time we live in. It's just a resource-rich time. And um, these are just... And, I mean, there's good resources and there's bad resources, Right. And I think there's things that can be helpful, things that, that might not be. And we have found each of these uh, to be uh, very helpful, uh, Christ-centered, gospel-centered, to encourage your families this Christmas season. So, And then with that, since you came, these are all 50% off for you. So if you want to go to the bookstore, you can purchase some of these, and they'll be 50% off for you and your family. So we really want this to be um, a, a Advent season that you really are able to encounter and meet with the Lord. And I would say for families, especially here and and individuals, it's just a time where it's great to spend time as a family and individually just enjoying God. There's just a priority that we have as Christians that we want to meet and enjoy God. And there's just so much in competition for that. And so what we want this season, what we want to do through this class and through these resources is to say, hey, don't forget about this most important thing. Don't forget about this essential thing. And if this is something that you're new to, that you haven't done before, it's a wonderful time to begin doing this as a family, to begin uh, learning, okay, how can we do family devotions? How can I personally learn how to enjoy God? It's just a wonderful season to read about and consider and celebrate and know God more as we consider Christ's first coming. 
And so we, we really want this class to help to make this the best Christmas season possible for you and your family. And so Christmas, it is a fun season. We love it in our house. We've had Christmas music playing since like early November, you know, I, which I think is way too early. But my wife, she loves it. Our kids love it. And so it's been blaring. Um, trees up, decorations. We love all that. But we also are aware it can be an overwhelming season. It can be things where demand, with many demands, good things, Christmas parties at the office, parties with other friends, family, church events, children's choir, buying presents. You're finishing school, studying for finals, and um, you may be stressful about money. How am I going to afford Christmas this year? How can I make all this work? Uh, maybe there's family situations that are hard and just tense. So how can you go into a season that is supposed to be so happy and joyful, and, but I'm carrying this weight? How, how, what does that look like? And so what, what we want to do is, and, what we wanna, and why we celebrate Advent, it, it, it causes us to slow down. And, and, and it causes us to just take a moment and remember that God is faithful, that God is with us, that God is for us. And so this just doesn't happen in our lives. This is something we have to be intentional about. Uh, the tyranny, what, I, what Stephen Covey calls the tyranny of the urgent, will always, out, will always win if we're trying to do this. And so what, what I want to talk about today is how can you really be purposeful? How can you really seek to make time to do this as a family or as an individual and how to do this well? And so it does take planning. It does take time to slow down, reflection, that we're not meant to be, that Christmas is not just about us and what we want and what we plan, but it's truly about knowing Christ. And so it's so easy to replace Christ with other things during this season. And we may not even realize that we're doing it. So with this class, we want to equip you and encourage you to make the most of this Advent season. So we uh, so gave you the resources. Um, I think the main thing that serves us is going into the season with a plan. So let's, let's think about that. So first, have a plan. We want to think about this. We want to go into it thinking, how do I want to make the most of this season? So we often fail to plan because we're in such a hurry. We're just going that we think, oh, I just can't stop to think about what's next because I'm just doing a lot now. But I think that's, that's not true. What we want to do, if you're married, I would encourage you to, to meet as a couple and consider what does it look like for us to make the most of this season? What does it look like to make most of this season individually? Um, those who persist in doing without planning, they eventually go bankrupt. Uh, they eventually just spend themselves so much that they just forget about what's most important. And so what, 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 I, what we want to do this morning is to say, hey, let's slow down. Let's all just take a collective breath and just remember this season is meant for us to encounter and enjoy God, and both individually and as families. And so we have to be intentional about this. We have to have a plan. What is the goal? What, what, what is your goal for the next month? Have you thought about that? Have you considered what do I want to do with my family, with my kids, individually, so that I can encounter and know Christ more? Is that a question you even ask yourself? And if it's not, then I'm glad you're here because I think that is an important question that we want to ask ourselves. I think for all the kids that are here, I think it's good for you to realize that your parents, what they want more than anything is for you to not just have a fun-filled Christmas, which is important, but for you to know Christ, for you to worship Christ. And so Proverbs 24 says this, prepare your work outside, get everything ready for yourself in the field, and after that, build your house. 
And so it's just the practical nature of the Bible. It's before we build, before you do something, it's good to have a plan. It's good to think about what am I wanting to accomplish? What am I wanting to do? What is, there, what is going on in my soul that needs to be addressed this Christmas season? What is something, what is, what is a prayer? What is a prayer? What is a need? What is something that I want this season to offer to the Lord and to just know Him better through this? And, and that just takes a moment. That doesn't take long. That's like a five-minute moment. But we can be so rushed and hurried that we don't take these moments to consider and to think about who God is and what He's done and what He still has for us this Christmas season. So Proverbs 21 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. So, I mean, there's just this planning, this need to, to live it with intentionality. It's like, Lord, what do you have for me? What are, I'm going to plan. I'm going to teach me to number my day so I have a heart of wisdom. I want to I make plans. You're going to direct my steps. What do you have for me? But a lack of preparation is often just a subtle, more frenzy form of laziness. And so we don't want to be lazy this Christmas season. We don't want to just receive receive what can i get what do i want but there is just more joy in being able to give being able to encounter and fellowship god being able to work hard fathers for our family to lead them and to lead them into truth and to transfer and to think about with our wives traditions to think about how can we bless others how can we make the most of this season in a god honoring way marshall siegel says this you should have that on your outline. Knowing it is wise to plan ahead and prepare for tomorrow, we need to anchor all of our plans in a purpose. Plans without an anchor may send us sailing for miles, but in the wrong direction. A life without plans will almost certainly fail, but a life full of misplaced plans can be just as dangerous and wasteful. And so I just don't, you know, just don't want to waste. You know, John Piper says, don't waste your life. Let's not waste our Christmas. Let's not waste this, this time as a family. And, and, and let's not just get lost in what the world has to say about things and all the needs and all the to-dos. Let's, let's quiet our souls and think about, we don't want to waste this time. Now, we don't want to make it like this is the event of the year that we all live for, but it is a moment as a family where we get to gather together and think explicitly about why Christ came. And individually, you get to slow down and just think about why Christ came, who he came wouldn't it just be wonderful? How, how has your year been? Think about how your year has been. We're coming to the end of 2022, and there's just so much that happens in a year, isn't there? There's so much, and there's so, so many places our mind can go. But how kind that we get to direct our mind once again to God's faithfulness. That we get to remind ourselves that promises were made long ago that were fulfilled, and that God, that same God, that sent his son to die for us and to purchase us and to make us his people is still at work in our hearts today. And so as we look to Christ's first advent, his first coming, the people long for him to come, then there is this other advent, the second advent, the second coming that we now long for. And that's what Stephen's going to talk about next week. How does that advent, that one that we are waiting for, we're longing for, we're saying, Lord, return. How does that help us today? And so this is very relevant. This isn't just traditionalism. We're not just here just to have fun. We're here to encounter the living God. And it is so important for us that we not get lost, sailing for miles in the wrong directions. Um, in January of 1914, due to the heavy fog, the steamship Monroe was rammed by another merchant ship in Nantucket, killed 41 officers or sailors. 
And the Nantucket was charged with the death of 41 sailors initially, but it was discovered during the trial the captain of the Monroe was using a compass at the time that had deviated two degrees from the true magnetic north. The captain knew this was a normal practice among other sailors, but it came out during the trial that the faulty compass that seemed adequate for navigation eventually proved otherwise. The New York Times wrote after the trials, there were these two burly sailors seen hugging one another, weeping together, all because of a compass being off two degrees. And so I just think we don't want the compass of our lives. What, what are we following? What are we after? When you think about specifically Christmas, when you think about this season, what, what's going to direct what we do? What is going to direct what I don't do? What is going to direct what I'm captivated by? What is going cap- to change what I'm not captivated by? What are lies of consumerism, materialism, all these things that are bidding for my attention and affections and that are going to keep me from what is most important? And these are the questions we have to ask ourselves. These are the questions that, that God would want us to consider. Not, not just to condemn us, not to think, oh, I'm off and I'm making shipwreck of my life. No, it's because he loves us. He's saying, I want to pull you back to what's most important. And that is knowing me and that is celebrating me. So use this season. Don't miss these few precious weeks where you get to come together and you get to think with fresh eyes we get to gather as a church on Sundays and we get to read I mean we're going to read these readings guys this from God's word where we're reminded not just like these aren't just stories these aren't these aren't just like fun things that we do for just this time of the season these things really happened like these things happen to people's lives they have now changed our lives have you grown just familiar with that? Man, this morning, may God enlighten, may he just reinvigorate your hunger and your thirst and your desire. Lord, I want to know you more this Christmas season than I ever have. I want to meet you in ways. I want to bring hurts, desires. I, wanna, I just want more than anything just to see more of you. And, and those are prayers that God loves to answer. For parents, you want to pray for your kids. I just want my kids to see Christ. I want them to know Him and follow Him and treasure Him above all these things. God can answer those prayers. Kids, God is, loves to meet with you. He loves to invite the children to come to Him. And so as your parents are just speaking and sharing stories and telling you about what Christ has done, realize these things are true. They're life-transforming. And God has given you parents who love you and want to serve you in this way. And, and here's the thing about Advent. Advent is not, there's not like a chapter and verse. You don't go to the Bible and say, you shall have Advent. That's, that's not, it's not, this is more, this practice, the, the reason we do this, it's more rooted in church history, church tradition. So if anyone here doesn't practice Advent, it's not like you've been in sin. This isn't like a moral issue. But, but there is wisdom behind it. There is wisdom in reading and seeing the church throughout the history, having a calendar where they say, hey, this is the time that we are going to remember and celebrate and long for Christ's first coming and his second coming. So it's something that we can continue to do today. But, all, but, but we're not merely following, okay, well, the church has done this throughout history and We're going to just follow this tradition. I don't know really why we're doing this. No, I want us to really dig into what are we after? What is God after in bringing Advent, the season of longing and waiting and hoping and fulfillment in Christ? What does he have for you and for your family? Because he wants to do a wonderful work. 
So here, I think these are some things that God would want to say to you. So for all of us individually, Romans 12, he would say, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So what does that look like for each of us this season? How are we tempted to conform to the world? And what is, how can we be transformed by the renewal of our minds? As you read devotionals, as you read Scripture, how, oh Lord, would you, not, would you help us not be conformed to this world, but transform us. Help us not to buy into what this world has to offer. We don't want to be worldly. We want to be, we're part of the kingdom of heaven. And then Colossians 3 says this, if, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And so we seek the things. Our hearts are set on the things that are above. So we consider and look to God. That's where we set our eyes. And then that transforms the way we view how we live on earth. It doesn't mean that, okay, well, we're not going to have a Christmas tree. We're not going to do that. No, that's not, that's not the right application of it. But our heart. We're going to set our minds. We're going to think about We're going to be heavenly minded. So we are. We're going to bring God into the picture. We're going to bring God not just into the picture, but we're going to put Christ at the center. We're going to remember Christmas isn't, we're not at the center of the story. Christ is at the center of the story. So we want to set our minds on the risen Christ who came to rescue us. And then that verse 4, when Christ who is your life appears, then you will also will appear with him in glory. That is that second advent, that, that promise that when, that it's not if, it's not if he appears, it's when he appears. And there's this confident hope and expectation. There's this, we just finished this class on being on um, contentment. And as Christians, there is this holy discontentment that we have in the sense of that this world just will never satisfy. We weren't made for this world. There is a world that is to come. And so as we look and think about Christ's return, and we hope and long for it, then it shapes the way that we live today. For parents with kids, Psalm 78, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us we will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. Oh, what a privilege that is for every parent in this room that we have the joy of telling the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord. And what a wonderful time that Advent presents to where we get to do that if your grandparents you get to tell your great your grandchildren you get these wonderful moments where you get to transform the glorious deeds of the lord what are those glorious deeds have you thought about them recently what are they what a joy it is that we get to do that archibald alexander he said that when we transfer truth he was talking about catechisms but when we transfer god's word what we're doing to our kids, what we're doing is we're stacking firewood like in a fireplace. We're putting firewood in their hearts. We're filling them with their hearts. And then the Spirit of God comes and He sets that fire ablaze and all that truth that's been put into their hearts, the chimney of their hearts, it begins to burn and it begins to shine. And there's just this wonderful evident 
transformed life where they just they have heard the word of God. They have known the glorious deeds of God. They they've had it in their hearts, but the spirit comes and then he gives them new life in Christ. And then it's not, wait, what is this? But all that fire, all that fuel that's been put in their heart is set ablaze. And then they begin to live for the Lord. So why, So may we just stack firewood. If you're a parent, think about that. Just stack firewood in your kid's heart this season. Oh, what is truth? What are those glorious deeds that I can just put into my children's heart and that, they, that the Spirit could use to set their hearts ablaze? And that he, they could shine as lights in this world and be transformed by the gospel. So we have to have a plan. We have to think about this. So what, what, are, what are you hopeful for? What is your goal? What are you after this Advent season? As we think about the coming of the King, as we do the concert, as we hear God's word preached, as you have your family traditions, as, as you meet with other people, all these things. But what are you after? What's the end goal? What's going to come from all that? Do you go that far, I guess? Or is it kind of just we're going to kind of try to just keep up with the pace? I want to say, hey, let's take a step back and consider the bigger picture. Where are we going? Who are we going to? What is the end goal? And, and I would say there is just this wonderful storehouse of joy and treasure and goodness that God has for us. That He loves to give to His people. He loves to pour out on your families. He loves to give to you individually. That it's durable. That it never that it never fails. That it never disappoints. We'll all receive gifts this season that will disappoint. We will probably give gifts this season that will disappoint. Just the reality. But God in His mercy, God in His infinite wisdom, God, in his, it, He has this unspeakable joy this this joy that is just otherworldly he has and he loves to give to his people and how can we tap into that and enjoy that and know that this advent season number two one thing is necessary luke 10 now as they went on their way jesus entered a village and a woman named martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called mary who sat at the lord's feet and listened to his teaching Martha, but Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I just love this, this story. I love this encounter. I, I think it's a wonderful picture of what can happen at Christmas time, at this season. We can be so busy with other things that we miss the one thing that is necessary. We can miss the one thing. Martha was distracted with much serving. What are you much distracted with right now? What is distracting you? What is keeping your attention? It might even be good things. Serving is not bad, but it kept Martha from seeing the most important thing. Paul Tripp says, I am more and more convinced that what gives a ministry its motivations, perseverance, humility, joy, tenderness, passion, and grace is the devotional life of the one doing it. When I daily admit how needy I am, daily meditate on the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and daily feed on the restorative wisdom of His Word, I am propelled to share with others the grace that I am daily receiving at the hands of my Savior. So how are you daily receiving the grace that comes from your Savior. How are you daily seeking? Advent, it is a wonderful time, and it's amazing how our culture, and in the West especially, it has organized itself around this time. 
And I think it's drifting much more away from it. But it is a wonderful opportunity for you to consider one thing is necessary. One thing. What, what does my devotion to Christ, what does that look like right now? How can I, this Advent season, not miss the one thing that is necessary? We want to make sure that we choose the good portion like Mary did. Yes, fill your calendar with fun traditions. Have dinners, have parties, do all these wonderful things, but don't busy yourself so much that, that you're like Martha. She was distracted. So easy to be distracted. We live in such a distracted age. And so I hope that that rings true with you, that this Advent season a prayer would be, Lord, help me not to be distracted. Help me to not miss the one thing that is necessary. What is that one thing? It's knowing Christ. Okay, so how can I know Him? How can I sit at His feet and worship Him and hear His teaching and look at His coming and worship Him in spirit and in truth? And not only that, but how can I bring others into that? Whether it's your kids, friends, whoever it might be, how can I help them see this is the one thing that is necessary? Man, my, all my plans may go awry this year. You may have conflict. You may have financial difficulty. Who knows what could come? But man, if we are saying, Lord, one thing is necessary. I want to know you. I want to seek you. I want to see you in your glory. Then I believe the Lord will preserve you and he will help you and he will keep you. And that one thing that, that you have cannot be taken away. And so I think that this is, this is not something to where, okay, this is going to be a killjoy. Man, like I'm, I had all these plans and all these fun things and but now I'm going to have to think about this, and maybe that means I've got to take stuff away. But I don't, I don't want to think like that. I want to say, like, hey, if Christ truly is the sinner, if he really is the sinner of all this, then what does that look like for my life? And this isn't a bad thing to organize our life around. And that actually, what I've found is that it doesn't actually take away your enjoyment of things. I think it actually increases the enjoyment of your things because then life isn't all about us. When I go in, to, I always pray when, when my family gets together. I'm not, I don't spend time praying for my other family members. I'm like, oh, Lord, help my brother not do this. Oh, Lord, help my... No, it's more help me. Help me. Help me love them well. Help me enjoy this time. Help me to not make these next few minutes about what I want or what I'm not getting or whatever those things might be. That is one thing that the holidays can do when we get together is that it can expose things going on in our heart we have expectations we have desires and when they're not met what comes out and if we're seeking christ and we're wanting to know him and follow him if he really is the good portion for us then i believe whatever comes our way whether it's advent whether in this life the lord will help us and so let's let's remember you know, Mary was sitting at the feet of Christ. That's amazing to think about. But guess what we have? We have the Spirit of God dwelling within us. We have Christ came, sent His Spirit to dwell in our hearts through faith. That's what we have. We don't have less because we, 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 we haven't seen Christ. No, we actually, because of all that Christ has done, he's not, these, these, these people saw Him yeah, sure, they saw him, but now he said, no, I'm actually going to dwell within you. So we have the living God dwelling within us, saying, choose the good portion, help us, helping us to conform us to the image of Christ, wanting us to know him and worship him. 
And guys, this is, this is so hard to do. And so we will fail. You might be looking back at this last week of Thanksgiving and be like, oh man, I totally blew it. I totally got angry. This happened, this happened. Well, that's, God's not surprised by that. He, he, he's merciful. He's, he's not here just to hold that over your head. He actually wants to say, hey, this is why my son came. It's not just to, to add another to-do list. He came so that you could know him and you could know me, enjoy fellowship with him. So as individuals and families, let's remember that, that God, the great treasure of the kingdom, the great treasure of Advent, the great treasure of our lives is this good portion. It's Christ and him crucified. And may we choose him this Advent season. So, so thirdly, how, how should we celebrate this? You know, I think this is a question you need to answer and think through both personally and with your family, if you're married, with your wife, if you're a husband, kids. And, but I do think it's not an unimportant question. And I'm, I'm grateful you all are here to learn and think about this and listen to me encourage you. Um, but I do think there's not one answer to this, right? Like, I can't say, okay, here's your plan. Everybody, we're going to do this. No, I think I want to say, how are you celebrating Advent? What are your plans? How should you think about that? But I, do th- I just wonder, if, is that a question that you've thought of? Is that a question that you've really sought to put time into? I would say don't overcomplicate it. <laughs> I think don't try to accomplish everything at once. Um, I think if this is something that you're new to, if this is something that you, maybe you've grown up in a family that has never really done this before. Maybe this is something where you're starting from the ground up then be patient. Take your time. Don't feel like you have to do... If you hear all these families, oh, we have this wonderful tradition and we read through this and then we do this and don't feel like, oh, well, I, oh, well that's what real Christians do. i got to go do that. No, that's not true at all. It's more, what is God calling you personally and your family to do and celebrating and remembering and making much of Christ? And, and, and I would say to the parents, I would say to... To you, I would say some things we teach our kids and some things our kids watch and learn. So some things are taught and some things are caught. Sometimes my my son doesn't necessarily always remember what I say, but he does remember what I'm most passionate about. He knows when dad gets excited. He knows when dad what dad's talking about. He knows what I start going after and talking about and making much of and And so I think just for us, it's like, what are we most excited during this season? How can we model, truly model? We don't need to perform, but how can we? What what does it look like for us to celebrate and make much of Christ in a way that influences our kids? And, and, And really, here's the reality. I love this quote from Rachel Jankovic. She says, Christmas comes to the real families of this real world. It doesn't look like a catalog shot, but more like a blooper reel. Turkeys burn. Gravy clots into lumps. Present that you thought came with batteries didn't. You end up presenting someone's gift in a a garbage bag. Kids might get grabby around the Christmas tree. People might not like the gift you thought they would like. And they can even be too tired to pretend. Headaches know no seasonal bounds. Life happens. And it is in this life that our Savior entered in on a rescue mission. Christmas is not a time where we seek to create this mirage of joy and peace and quiet. That is just not reality. And so I just think it's more of a reality check for us. Of like we're with, with traditions, with celebrating Christmas, we're, we're not trying to create something that's just not real. We're, that, that 
Hollywood says, oh, well, this is how you do Christmas. That's not what we're trying to create. We're not trying to look to the right or the left and say, oh, well, then this is what we have to do as a family or individual. What we're trying to do is to seek the Lord, to know him, to make much of him, to enjoy him. So we have to prepare our hearts, yes. We have to think about this, yes, but, but God is more, he's not interested just in what we do. He's not interested in all that we accomplish. He's more interested in the disposition of our hearts. I love this. She says, it wasn't like that the first Christmas was a time of quiet reflection. Mary and Joseph were on a huge last-minute trip. She's big pregnant on a donkey. Think of it. It sounds like the worst travel experience of all time. There was no room. There was no bed. There was no privacy. Baby's coming, but not just any baby. One Mary knew was the Messiah. There were angels. Shepherds were dropping in. You think she felt dressed for that? I doubt Mary had time to throw together a cheese platter. She was in a barn, forced to place the king of kings, her lord, in a trough. I doubt her livestock roommates were quite as cute as they look in the storybooks. When God became man, it's not easy because it turns the world upside down, a true deluge of joy. So God is just totally unlike this world. And so I just want to encourage us and get before us, like, what, what's de- defining and determining how we're going to celebrate this Christmas season? I want to convince us and win us and encourage you to put Christ at the center of that. And, and that's why through this class, each week, we want to come back and, and we're spending each day, we're trying the best that we can. We want to we wanna be faithful and we're going to fail and things are going to go well. And I, my favorite part of family devotions is when I get angry. You know, it's just, hey, everybody calm down. We're trying to read the Bible. You know, it's always great. Everybody's just looking at you like, you know, it's like, yeah, great moment. Dad. You know, but it's an opportunity for me not to be discouraged, like just to realize, hey, guys, I'm sorry that I was angry. That was wrong of me. That was not right. I shouldn't have done that. Jesus came to save me, too. And so we, we talk about sitting and being quiet, sure. But i got to address my heart, too. And, and, and so I think it is like Christ came into our world, our real world. He didn't come into our polished imaginations of what we think world should, what life should be like. I hope that frees you to think about if life is hard right now, God is ready to enter into that life. If life is good right now, God is eager to enter into that life. God wants us. He he is saying to us this morning, come to me. I will give you rest. I will give you joy. I have great things for you this Christmas season. I have great things for you through Advent. And whether this is something you've done for the first or this is something you've done for years, decades, or if this is your first time to do it, I believe the Lord and his mercy wants to meet with you either situation. And parents, I think this is something that we have to talk through with our kids. This is an attitude that begins with our hearts, but then it's transferred, it's taught, it's modeled for our kids. We've already begun talking with our kids about, hey, if you get something that you don't like, we're not, we don't need to complain about it. Why do we not do that? Well, let's talk about that. What are expectations? How do we think about Christmas? Why do we do the things that we do? We want to lead our kids. We want to teach them. We want to model. We want to show them. We want to help them to understand all this. And then as individuals, we too, we have all the parents, if you don't have kids, if you're, you're single, we have to fight for joy in Christ, no matter where we are in life. Christ came so that we could have fellowship with God the Father. And so this Christmas, 
season, as we consider the coming of the King, may we with fresh eyes, even like fresh taste buds, Lord, I want to I want to taste and see that you are good in new and more profound ways. And the lastly, I would encourage you, we have this has to be all done not in our own strength. This can't be all done in our by our own sheer willpower, because then it just becomes all about us still. We're going to get this done. We're going to I'm going to read through the coming of the king. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to miss a day. And then I'm going to I'm going to love God more. I'm going to do it. And then you what? And then you miss a day. And then now you're just totally discouraged. And you think, oh, I'm just a horrible person. And I, hey, what's at the center of that? It's you. What what God wants us to say is that, hey, Christ came to rescue, to make you his own. And he through His Spirit, through His goodness, through His grace, wants, to, wants you to enjoy fellowship with Him. And so, Lord, help us to enjoy fellowship with you this season. I'd encourage you to read and pray through this in Ephesians 3. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength. Oh Lord, give us strength to comprehend, to know with all the saints what is the breadth, breadth and length and height and depth. And Lord, help us to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What a prayer. May, may that be your prayer. May you pray. This is what is wonderful about this prayer is that this is a divinely inspired prayer. This is God's word. This is, this is what God has given to us as his people that we can pray knowing that God, he loves this prayer because he gave it to us as a gift. So when we pray, Lord, that we would lo- know the love of Christ that surpasses no knowledge, that we would be filled with the fullness of God this Christmas season, that this home would be filled with your fullness, that every child, that every person that enters in, that every stranger, that every neighbor, friend, whoever it may be, Lord, may this place be a place where people experience your fullness. God loves to answer that prayer. He's able to. He can do far more abundantly than we can think in that as well. So may God bless our Advent. And um, thanks for coming this morning. Let me pray for us. And then you can go to the bookstore and get you a, a resource. So Lord, we do thank you for your word. I thank you for these people coming, their humility, their desire to want to know you and understand more about the coming of Christ. And... Lord, I pray these next three weeks as we continue to study and think about what does it mean that Christ has come as king? What does it mean for us? What does that look like? What does it mean? How does it change us? I do pray that it would, that it would have an effect on our lives. And for all these families and individuals here, Lord, I pray you would meet with them. I pray you would bless their plans. I pray you would answer their prayers. I pray that you would meet with them, that their joy would be full in your presence. There is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so, Lord, this this Advent season, this time where we long and expect and hope for your coming, may we live before your face. May we dwell at your right hand and because that is where pleasures are forevermore. And so help us to do that, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. You've been listening to a Cornerstone U class given at Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Cornerstone U exists to have our minds renewed by the Word of God to see who God is, and to live in light of His Word and Gospel. To find out more about previous Cornerstone U classes, visit us on the web at www.cornerstonechurchofknoxville.com forward slash cornerstone U.